Hello everyone, I'm back. It's been a really long time since I made these. I look back at um, the last one I did and it was game week six. So we just finished game week 11. So it's, you know, it's a crazy long time. I mean, I've, I've been meaning to do one every week, but it's been pretty crazy with um, with work and an impending move down to Cambridge. But hopefully now things are, are settling down a bit. I'm hoping to be able to do one of these uh, once a week again. Uh, I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to to do one is just because I'm I'm having an absolutely awful start to the season. I was ranked uh, at around fifty thousand game week four. Since then, it's been one, two, three, four, six red arrows out of seven, uh, and now I'm sitting two hundred and twenty-two thousand with the Fulham game in the background. So Mitrovic could could burn me um, as I go. Uh, so what I wanted to do was not just talk about my start to the season, but um, just reflect back on some of the things I've, or some of the mistakes I've been making, really. Uh, I want to try and learn from them. Uh, hopefully, you know, you'll you'll get some, some information from it and it might help you with the future decisions and improve your rank as well. So the problems seem to really have stemmed from when I played my wildcard in game week eight. I came under a bit of stick for my wild card, I didn't actually change that many players. I got a new goalkeeper. I switched my formation up and brought in Arnautovic, who I wanted to get kind of ahead of the curve on. Uh, I brought in Hazard and Doherty, but I, you know, I could have taken a four-point hit and, and got in a lot of these players and kind of stuck with what I had. In hindsight, that that definitely would have been the right move. The wild card was largely to get Kane in as well, a very short-term move, which obviously, as we all know, didn't pay off. Uh, and you know, if I'd had a bit more more patience on that, then I think I'd be I'd be sitting here uh, not only with a better rank, but also with a wild card in my pocket and a bit more hope, sort of going into the second half of the season. Um, so that was kind of what I noticed. I've been filling out the spreadsheet every week, so you can you can take a look at that. The links uh, should be attached to this this email, so you can you can see what I've been what I've been doing. Uh, and yeah, since game week eight, it's it's just been a bit of a a bit of a disaster, really. Um, probably my worst decision on the World Cup was not picking any Bournemouth players. They always frustrate me every season. There's always uh, they will find new ways of of trolling me. Uh, Wilson is the big culprit this year. I have to admit he's he's just not someone I really considered um, at all. Uh, same with uh, Jimenez as well. I didn't really didn't really consider him. Both have, have gone on to be really good um, budget options. Mitrovic, I've stuck with for too long. He's he's been failing, and you know Arnautovic, he he delivered this week, but he you know I got on him too too early. The stats were good, uh, but with his knee injury and and things, perhaps I kind of jumped the gun uh, a bit on that as well. Wilson was informed. Bournemouth had really good fixtures. Uh, I ditched Fraser on my wildcard so I think I should have paid a bit more attention to, to Bournemouth and I think you know you, you do get this every season you had it with we had it with Burnley last year when they were on a really good run everyone was getting their defenders in I know Watford have got some really good um, you know some good goal scoring players and I think you know when you've got a, you, you're kind of gifted these these teams uh, once I say you don't really know who it's going to be but you, you you know you can tend to find out quite quickly uh, who's going to go on and do well when you've got a team with the perfect storm with fixtures and form and, you know, particularly with strikers who are doing well when there isn't 
particularly that many at the moment. Uh, I think you do need to make your move and get these in. I mean, Wilson's now owned by almost 30% of the game and, you know, he keeps he keeps scoring and I'm looking at it now and thinking, you know, is it too late to get him in or, you know, how could I get him in? And I couldn't really, that's kind of shaking my team up. So I'm probably going to ignore him for now and hope that the fixtures being a bit tougher will limit him. Uh, but definitely looking at the fixture list, I'm going to pay close attention to to these teams and see, you know, if the informed teams are going to be having good fixtures on the horizon. My absolute worst decision this year, and I genuinely think the worst decision I've ever made in fantasy football uh, was getting rid of Sterling last week. I had a 50-50 decision to make, and I was nailing these last season. This year, it's it's been much more difficult. Uh, I had to get rid of either Sterling or Hazard. I didn't have much value tied up in Hazard. So I bought him quite late. Hazard had the injury, uh, and actually Sterling's fixtures um, were were pretty good with with Spurs uh, and then uh, Southampton this game. And you know I did actually think Sterling would would comfortably match him in in those, uh, but it was the ownership of Hazard which kept me kept me you know on him. Uh, I do still want Hazard going forward. Came off the bench, got an assist, which is great. Uh, but I also want Sterling as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how I kind of try and fit him back into my team. Uh, I think the last few weeks have really got me thinking about this whole kind of fear, uh, you know, taking a risk versus fear. It's finding the balance is proving very tricky this year. It's normally been something that I've been quite good with, um, particularly with captains. I normally kind of mitigate the risk with the captain, go for the go for the kind of favourite uh, and, you know, kind of make sort of bit differential left field picks go elsewhere in my team. I've, not really done that this year. I've um, not really made any two left field picks. I feel like I'm playing the game very boring, looking at my team and things aren't exciting me very much. Uh, and this week I decided to roll the dice with a Salah captain away to Arsenal. Now the logic behind it, uh, you know, was was quite sound. Arsenal were leaking goals. They had a patch up defence. I thought Chaka might be playing at left back again. I know Klassen that was in training, but, you know, I thought maybe he'd miss out. Uh, and you know the games had goals in it historically. Salah's been back in form. Liverpool normally do quite well against these these big sides, uh, but actually it was it was kind of it was a very open game, very exciting game. But Salah just didn't deliver. And then I had to go into Sunday, uh, you know, fearing the worst with Aguero with 150% effective ownership. I think he had and every goal, every assist, just just really cut me like a knife. And then with with Sterling as well delivering over 20 points, it, it was a really tough, um, really tough. Sunday, uh, probably one of the worst games I've ever kind of listened to. But yeah, I mean, you know, you, you've got to find the balance between between the fear and and the risk. And I think, you know, I did have my reasons for captaining Salah, but I also did kind of I was was seeking out the thrill a bit of a of a bit of a left field shout. I kind of wanted something a bit different, something to kind of talk about on the scout car, something to you know, something just if it had paid off, you know, it would have got me kind of going again this season. Uh, I didn't think Aguero played 90 minutes. I didn't think they'd win that game 6-1. I thought they'd win it quite comfortably. That was, you know, that was a real, a real trouncing. Uh, so yeah, I got, I got really burned by that. And I think that's going to teach me a lesson going forward in the season. I think, you know, captaincy is, is something which you shouldn't really mess around with too much. You know, if, if, you know, if, if Salah and Aguero have difficult games, then maybe it's, you can take a risk on, on someone. Um, but in this situation, I should have played it safe with Aguero with the better fixture, particularly after it got rested in the week. Last year, I remember a pretty much identical situation happening where I think uh, Kane had, had Everton 
really good game. Salah had City, uh, and everyone was putting goals in that. And I ended up going for Lingard, captain, which was not one of my better moves. Got two points, and Kane and Salah both got double digits. So it is very reminiscent of that. I tried to take a risk, and it and it massively backfired. And it, if I'm thinking about some of my worst decisions in FPL, a lot of them do come down to poor captaincy options. And it's something that I really do need to address because it's important to get your captain right. So, yeah, I need I need to think a bit more carefully going forward. I, I need to factor in the, the risk of not captaining someone like Aguero a bit more than I perhaps did this week. It's a very tough season this year, I think, for, for many reasons. Uh, I think we're finally seeing, you know, kind of years of, of, of build up to this with social media and more information being out there. I think more and more people are taking advantage of that now. The number of FPL accounts that I'm seeing on Twitter is, you know, is absolutely massive, massively increased. And, you know, I'm sat at the 200,000 mark and I'm I'm looking up at some, you know, some big FPL names. You know, Mark has made a real resurgence and even uh, John T and Andy and, and David Mundy, all, all people doing well. And then I look below me and actually there's, there's names there, which I wouldn't expect to be so low down. Uh, you've got Trig Lips. Jay only recently has overtaken me um, in the rankings. Um, Davidoff, like one in the Hall of Fame, FF Scout, you know, not having a good season. Um, and the general as well, people like that. So, I mean, people are are struggling. Uh, and I think it's largely because the template is so strong this season. And I've been reluctant to break away from it, which is something that I, I don't normally do. I normally have at least a few players different from the template, but with Robertson and Mendy and Alonso, all offering, you know, so much, so many points in defence, and then Richarlison playing up front, Madison with his fixtures, um, you know, having Salah is, looks pretty, pretty, you know, essential for that Cardiff game at least. Although you can make a case for Mane now, um, and then up front with Mitrovic and Aguero, it's, it's all it's all been quite hard to to think of ways to to break. I mean, I wrote a list just before I did this. I mean, these are players who I I don't see in that many teams around me. Um, but, you know, like Lacazette, Martial, Sterling, Mares, he was the informed player before this game. David Silva, Aubameyang, Mane, Sigurdsson, Jimenez was sold by a lot of people and now he's he's starting to come back. Barkley being bought by quite a lot of people. We're still not seeing him in many teams. You've got Philippe Anderson now, West Ham, looking like a really strong option. You've got Brooks, 5.1, out of position. Looks like he's playing up front. Pereira. Playing for Leicester, out of position sometimes. Murata now making a resurgence. I think there are definitely potential ways of of climbing up the ranks if you get in some of these players at the right time and take out the ones that aren't performing. But it's hard because a lot of the players in the template have either got good fixtures or they've they're on form. So when is the right time to to do it and make a move for some of these? And I'm finding that when I do take a risk, then I'm I'm starting to get burnt. Um, but, you know, there's going to come a point when, you know, my rank of 200k isn't good enough. And if I'm not making enough gains by following the template, then I'm really going to need to shake things up and, and have a look elsewhere of, of my team because things just aren't, aren't working too well at the moment. So it's all very good looking back at what's gone wrong and everything. I think the important thing to do is to come up with kind of plan going forward to try and address the slump and, and work out what to do and I'm looking at my team and I'm you know I'm I'm pretty happy I'm pretty happy with it what I don't like is my lack of sterling though and I think that definitely needs to be addressed uh, and I think luckily we're in a position where we can we can kind of hold off this week uh, they've got man united uh, next weekend we don't really know what's going to happen in that game it could be a, a pasting it could be really cagey 
Uh, we're just not sure. Man United could surprise us all. Um, and then after that, uh, Man City have got uh, West Ham. So again, you know, that's the kind of game that I want, I want Sterling for. And I think there is an element of patience that you need to have with, with City midfielders. And I think paying 11 million for a midfielder who's benched against a team like Burnley is always going to hurt. But I think that's just something that you need to take on the chin. And I think Sterling uh, realistically is a is a season keeper this year. Uh, he is he's playing more advanced than Aguero at times. Um, he you know he was the second top scoring player in the game last year, and he looks set to to better that this year. Um, so he's he's definitely going to be he's definitely going to be coming into my team uh, this year. Uh, well, this this you know this season in the next few weeks. Um, so that that's that's one of my plans is is to you know I'm putting this out there. I'm going to get Sterling in. I'm going to keep him. I'm going to keep him until he gets injured uh, or until something really, you know, amazing happens. Like he completely loses all his form. Because I think, you know, there are there are a kind of a core bunch of players this season which are looking like the real deal. And I think, you know, I think you've got in defence, you've got Alonso and Mendy. Um, I think there are actually options in the Liverpool defence other than Robertson. Now we saw that Robertson got benched a few weeks ago. Um, I think, you know, maybe Joe Gomez could be someone who I look to downgrade Robertson to. Um, I like Gomez because he he can play in two positions, which is always helpful. Uh, if you go for Alexander-Arnold, you're kind of limited to him. He's either going to be playing that right-back or not, whereas you wouldn't be surprised to see Gomez at centre-back or a right-back. So I think he he's the logical downgrade for, for Robertson, um, which could then inspire the rest of your team. I think Hazard, although... I, I do regret not seeing him a few weeks ago. I think, you know, going forward, he kind of still is the main man of Chelsea. And, uh, you know, you can consider Morata, but I, I can't see him matching Hazard's points. And I think Hazard is, is going to keep going from strength to strength this season. Um, but I think other than Alonso, Mendy, Hazard, and I think Sterling is now in that bracket. I think you've got options to play with with the other members of your team. So Salah, uh, even Aguero uh, might not be uh, as essential as they might have been, you know, a few weeks ago or, or last season. Um, so that's the core. That's the core group that I want to get into my team, and I want to keep them. Uh, I'm really happy with Charleston playing up front. I know his his returns weren't that great going up to this game, but it's always great having a midfielder playing up front. Um, and I think Brooks at five point one looks a looks a steal if he gets a run in the team up front as well. Uh, so it's going to be it's looking like Madison's going to be the one who's going to be leaving from my team. Um, and also, I think, you know, Mane could looks like he could match Salah this year. Um, so that's that's something which is much more of a 50 50 call. Uh, but I think, you know, getting in Mane and, and saving almost three, three million um, is, is too good to kind of ignore, really. So that's my plan going forward. I'm going to kind of pick my core players who I believe to be Alonso, Mendy, Hazard and Sterling. Uh, I'm going to build my team around those. Uh, I'm very happy with Arnautovic as well, um, but I'm keeping my eye on that that knee injury of his. Um, so that's my plan. Core group of players and then, you know, getting a couple of risks around that and hopefully begin my ascent back up the rankings. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. It's uh, It's been nice to record one of these again. I'll try not to leave it so long uh, until next time. Uh, I'm going to try and do one of these every week just to reflect back on the previous game week and, and look forward to the future. Uh, hopefully my ranks are going to start improving. It's the international break next week, so that's going to be a bit of a pain, but I'm looking at going into that with, with two transfers. I think my team's in decent shape for this week anyway, uh, especially as City play United. I don't think we all need to make a massive rush for, for Sterling yet, even though his price is going to increase quite a lot. Um, so yeah, thank, thanks a lot. I'll be on the Scoutcast tomorrow.
or tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Um, and it's been really good to think back and to try and learn from from my mistakes. I feel feel like it's it's helped in some way. So cheers.